So I think one of the most helpful things, and I see this when we're uh, when house pieces on the job, it's helpful to have a third party. And that mm-hmm. third party, I say third, uh, just someone outside of yourself and your marriage mm-hmm. who can come in and you can say, no, really help me through, yeah. think through this, help me talk through this. So if that's a best friend who you can really trust, or maybe not even that close of a friend, but someone who'd be willing to give you a couple hours and just so you can run things through them because we just think so irrationally about our own stuff, mm-hmm. me included, me yeah. absolutely included. So to have just a friendly, safe, kind little bird, <laughs> a little angel on your shoulder, yeah. if you will, that, that's a huge thing. And everybody and welcome to the advice not given podcast each week we share unfiltered truth-telling conversations between two friends you're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for but wish you did we're your hosts kelly artis and claire wood of millspo gurus and this is advice not given Hey everybody, welcome back to the Advice Not Given podcast. Today we're on episode 25. We're talking all about settling your space and we're talking about settling our physical spaces. This episode comes at the end of January. We have spent the entire month focusing on fresh starts. We've shared with you some exciting news about the podcast and some new features that you are already enjoying, like the actual advice segments. We have shared all about goals and resolutions and we have talked about chronotyping, when is the best time to get stuff done. And today we're talking all about settling your space. And I wanted to come at this from the angle of, uh, on a smaller level, I'm PCSing this year. And so my home and getting it packed up and organized is very much on the front of my mind. But I also want us to talk a little bit about the bigger picture and how whether or not, and this is maybe not for Kelly, but whether or not the... um, (laughs) The, the sight and the, the feeling of the space you are living in, um, the benefits of that being neat and tidy versus how much clutter can you live with and how that impacts overall life, not just for us, but for our families. So Kelly, what are your thoughts on having a settled space? And do you consider yourself neat and tidy, cluttered, somewhere in between? So it all has to do with your perception of neat and tidy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... um. I know where everything is. I'm one of those people. I know where everything is. Am I particularly happy with the state of my house all the time? No. Um, I would. I aspire to be tidier. I think everybody does that, right? Like, right. so that's the thing that I have a little bit of issue with is like, there's never you never arrive, no. right? You like, you've got your pantry tidy, like, right? Like, we posted that picture when we were talking about food mm-hmm. that I pantry because <laughs> I had a visitor. Um, and everybody's like, oh, your tidy's, your pantry's so great. I'm like, oh, that's one, just one little corner nook of my house. And it does not always look like that. It gets dusty like everything else. So there's always like work to be done, which sucks because, you know, you want to just get there. But would you say that you have like the temperature of your life or the, the feeling that you feel? Is there any correlation to the neatness or messiness of your space? Like, do you, for example, feel more relaxed when you come home? And you come into a tidy house where everything's put away, or do you feel stress if it's not? Like that's more of where I'm wanting to. Okay, so like when I'm okay, so what I'm envisioning, and this is going to sound weird, is a bar like a line right on mm-hmm. the bottom of the chart. So there's, I think most people have like 
you know, you're talking about temperature. So cold, warm, hot. Let's mm-hmm. just let's visualize it like that. Cold means um, I am stressed out because my space is a mess and I can't think straight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, warm is like contentment. And then hot mm-hmm. is like, I am so happy with my house right now. It is amazing. Could not be better. Mm-hmm. My cold and hot are very tiny. And I have this okay. really broad window of warm, like, it's okay. But then mm-hmm. when I hit those spikes of, oh my God, my house is a wreck. It is like a tornado. Like I have to come through and like, I throw stuff away. I'm like raging. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like massive cleans really periodically instead of like continuing it on any kind of like regularity. Does that make sense? Right. It does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if we're using that same metaphor of cold, warm, and hot, I have... I have a big hot, I guess, because I like my house. And we've talked a little bit about this. I live in a very small space. It's the smallest space we've lived in married. And we also have added two dogs to the mix. And they're it's on base housing. So like we didn't get a lot of choice in design and setup and storage and so forth. And so it feels like a matter of survival to have a clean and tidy space, not just for me, but like for all of us. And so I need it to be picked up and put away in that hot, (laughs) that hot designation so that, so that we can a be comfortable and have peace in the home. But then, um, it's a value of mine to have a home that's pretty much at any time open and available for anyone to stop by or come in. And so in order to alleviate the stress of, Oh my gosh, like so-and-so's on their way over right now, that stress stays at bay because I pretty much keep my house within like five minutes of being like picked up. Now, is it immaculately clean and sparkly and Lysol? No, not always, but on the whole it's picked up and that that's where I get a lot of relief. Um, It's not, it's, it's a stress remover for me to have that settled space. So I have a question. Do you, um, you, like your bookshelf, for example, um, are your books just all put away or do you have an order? Like, are they Dewey decimaled? Are they (laughs) alphabetized? Um, Or are they just all on the shelf? Um, Mostly just all on the shelf. I would say that they are kind of grouped by topic, but there's no color schematic. There is no Dewey decimal system. Like I have all (laughs) my marriage books in one spot and I have all my Enneagram books. Um, but then we have so many books that like Ryan has his own huge wooden bookshelf and my kids all have bookshelves in their room. So yeah, I mean, there's somewhat, but, but again, to your point, like that's nothing too rigid, but it's just the system that works for us. So, okay. Okay. What about you? um, (laughs) You have them in piles or are they even on a shelf? Uh I actually (laughs) just went and gathered all six of the books that are like strewn about my downstairs somebody was talking about a book club and I need to read a better book or whatever. And I'm like, I need to stop reading eight books at a time right. is what I need to do. Right. Um, so hang, I've on, got to- hang on single tasking from our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what it is? It's just like, it, I carry books around with me. They're like my security mm-hmm. blanket. Same. Like, right. Like I, every, I don't care if I, I might have to sit at a red light for more than 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy, but it's real. Um, so n- no, I have a pile of like currently reading and there's no rhyme or reason to what that looks like. Um, um, it is whatever is available. Like if I'm sitting on the couch, I'll pick this book up. If I'm sitting on the chair, I'll pick this book up. Well, let me ask this. Right. Do you feel like everybody that lives in your house is comfortable with that rhythm or with that, the way that you guys have settled? Like, for example, does your husband prefer things neater or uh, is he messy 100%. or your kids? Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> He is, um, mm, it's a struggle. He, you know, but he married me. He got what he got. Um, 
he um he is much more we'll call it tidy um yeah he's a military dude right like so everything has a place and everything has and he's got it all clean and he maintains his stuff really well um he has a barn that he keeps all his gym equipment in it's like his sanctuary and like yeah so actually my son and i went out there yesterday to to peek in on it and clean it a little bit because we just feel like we're being really disrespectful by letting it get dusty and (laughs) but everything like he'll work out and then he gets all he bakes in time to clean everything after he's done and like mm-hmm. he just I don't know he, like oils his bars the weightlifting bars and stuff with regularity and I'm like not good about that at all so it drives him crazy when I leave let's say I fold the laundry and I stack it up on our little we have a bench in the um in the bedroom and I'll mm-hmm. stack the laundry up on the bench so it's clean it's folded I just haven't gotten to put it away yet and it's not a thing for me to go two weeks without putting that pile of clothes away right um doesn't bother me Dishes in the sink used to not bother me. Now they do because we had a visitor in the pantry. You remember? Anyway, um, (laughs) but I can get it together. Like I can clean and I am clean. It's just not as urgent for me as it is for him. And like since he's been gone, I have not been making my bed. You know, like that doesn't bother me. That does not offset my day. Um, So, yeah, it's just – I think it's just a different threshold. Um, Ryan and I tend to be – I say we are are, um, equally yoked when it comes to our (laughs) – Well, I'm married to one, so you're good. (laughs) I know, I know. So we both have a – it's a priority for both of us to have things put away. And I feel like because of that, since it's both of us kind of on the same page, I don't know. Our kids, we let them be themselves. And if they want to have messes in their personal spaces, that's on them. But like in the common areas, it's kind of understood that like we keep things picked up. When we use a glass, we mm-hmm. take yeah. it back to the kitchen. When we take off shoes, we take them to our bedrooms. We don't mm-hmm. leave trash just sitting around. And, um, you know, and I think that's fair and reasonable because I feel like I have such a tendency to want things just so. I don't want that to put my kids in therapy later, right? Like, well, our mom never let us use a pillow on the couch because it got, you know, turned the wrong way. Um, But I am the person that like will refold a blanket if you haven't folded it where the corners touch. So that might be a little bit of a problem. You know, and I think, I think that I am, I'm harder on my kids than I am on myself, mainly because I want them. mm, Okay. So the kids are having to like, you were going somewhere with that. You want to, I'm explaining, I'm explaining more. The kids are having to uphold a standard for both of us, right. For me and for my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, so my standard, I just don't want clutter and I want them to like get rid of stuff, right? Like they'll both hang on to trash, you know, like pieces of paper or toys that are broken. Or toy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Those stupid little pieces of plastic from China, like throw it away. Like you've enjoyed it for the afternoon and now it's time to let go of it. It's fine. Um, Andrew's like, no, keep it. We spent money for that. Um, but let's put it on display on the shelf along with all of your other things. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's not reasonable to ask a seven-year-old to do. Um and then I get like they have too. I think they have too much stuff, right. honestly, um, and they don't appreciate the stuff. So that bugs me more than the messy appearance of the stuff. It's and then the I'm lack thinking of back, stewardship like, for it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So then I'm thinking back, like I'm gonna have to ask my mom about this. But I don't know because my mom's a lot like me, so I don't know <laughs> if that's a good comparison. But um, I don't remember. I remember having to clean my room. I remember having to do it maybe weekly or like before I wanted to go to a sleepover. You know, Mm -hmm. that was the deal. You got to clean your room. Um, I feel like I'm on my kid's case like every day Mm -hmm. and that's probably unfair. But I remember also though being able to shove stuff in my closet and it looked clean. It was just, it was just all shoved in the closet. And once every six months I would clean out the closet. 
Yeah. So I've always been kind of like this punctuated like effort of mm-hmm. cleanliness and then just maintaining like bare minimum to get by. Yeah. Um, so I feel like my kids will be like that and I'm trying to figure out if I'm okay with that. Um, I guess I should be. I, I don't know. I don't know, Claire. I don't know. It, yeah. It's a. It's always well, a there's a million a million ways we could be messing up our kids. I just oh. remember growing up. Oh my, my god. Yeah. On, my mom took on nearly all of the cleaning duties, and I she and I have had many conversations recently. Like because I have helped train my kids. My kids do their laundry. They clean their own rooms. They mm-hmm. help clean their bathroom. And I'm like, yeah. Mom, you sh- totally should have been using the labor you had at your disposal. Yeah. But like she took all of that on, and like it was. You know, that's a lot for one person in a family of five. So, well, you bring up a good point about your kids and like purging and getting rid of things. And I think that's what's on my mind with a PCS coming up. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's just the accumulation of stuff. And what do we do with it? How do we maintain it? How do we organize it? Where do we put it? And it's one thing, you know, I think about my, my parents and my in-laws. They've both been in their homes for 20 plus years. So they're not thinking about having to touch all of their stuff every two years like we do. Wow. But I'm about to have to go through my stuff again. And as I've shared before, we moved twice in 2017. So I had to touch it in Georgia, again in South Carolina, touched it again in South Carolina and then in Louisiana when it all came back off the truck. And when you are doing that so frequently, I do think there is this desire, need, something that causes you to think about your consumption and what you're bringing in, what you're spending your money on, what you're throwing away, even when it might not need to be thrown away, but you're just getting rid of it because you can't move it again. And so what are your thoughts on that whole cycle that many of us and many of our listeners are perpetually going through because to me, it's a, well, if you start at the beginning, just quit buying so much stuff and then you won't have to worry so much about how you're organizing it. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? So I was talking to a friend of, I've talked, well, I mean, you know, this is kind of the world that I live in is the military move space. So I have uh, heard several different aspects of this and perspectives. Uh, me, I personally, when I PCS, when I move, um, as a five, <laughs> I get like panicked and I just avoid all of it. I don't, I'm not really good about the pre PCS organization, right. um, which is a huge detriment to my mental health. I'll just be re- like, yep, it sucks. Like I get crazy and panicked because I don't know where anything is. Our last PCS, they had to split our shipment because the truck they brought wasn't big enough. So like, I literally didn't have a chance to choose like which stuff would arrive immediately and which stuff would arrive six months later, which is stupid. But anyway, you expected it to just kind of all show up. So, but bigger than that though, was the fact that even if I had had that opportunity, I wasn't organized enough to be able to have made those decisions well anyway. But does that that feeling of panic though, not force you to change a behavior so that when that stuff gets unloaded, it's not even more panic? Um, No, because you know what I do? I, there are still seven or eight boxes in the basement that we just haven't gone through yet. I just, I pa- again, back to shoving it, shoving it in the closet. Like, I'm just like, mm, I'm sure we need it. I'll go through it eventually. Um, let's just. Okay. But it. let's take this another step further. You've lived in your house, <laughs> what, three, four years, th- two or three years. If you haven't used all that and you haven't even opened them, then you probably don't need it. So why wouldn't you just uh-huh. throw it away and like it, remove I'm- that off of your mental <laughs> Because Clutter. my husband won't let me. Listen, girl, you are, yes, story of my life. Because he won't let me because he's nostalgic. I don't okay. get attached to stuff, but he gets real attached to stuff because, I mean, he grew up traveling. Like, he's basically a military kid, grew up the way he grew up. And uh, 
he, so his mom was like super minimal. We keep bare minimum stuff. He has like a bag of like stuffed animals, mementos that he has from growing up, but not like me. Like I had like, my mom gave me my whole room. I'm the keeper of all the family antique furniture for some reason, right? Like, um, I, I get all that stuff and I'm like, I don't know if I really want it all, you know, like, and I'm happy to chunk it. But he's like, no, no, wait. Even the kids' toys. Like I was saying earlier, like, okay, Happy Meal toy. It's time to part with you. No, that right. was the toy he played with on the way home from whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh my god. Right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's it's a, it's. I can't say that I'm happy with it. I can't say that it bugs me. It doesn't keep me awake at night. Yeah. Um, it does culminate in bigger stress during the move, during moments where I'm like facing it. Um, so I know that there would probably be some benefit in, uh, purging and, and dealing right. with it more regularly, but to me, it's just not, it, it doesn't keep, yeah, I don't sit and think about the boxes in the basement right. all day. And um, you know what? I will tonight when I try I to go to bed, I'll be thinking about your boxes. <laughs> about <in> my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's fine. That's fine. No, you know I'm what I've done then. before? So my mother-in-law used to move professionally, basically. I mean, they moved so much. She came up. And helped me to three times on three of my moves. She even flew to California once to help me organize and inventory what was in each box. Because mm. she couldn't st- – she's like you. She couldn't stand to think that I was doing this so willy-nilly that she was like, no, I'm going to come help you. Would you, say, would you say that she, that was more for her or for you? She might have gotten a big high from that. Um, she, a little of both. Um, she's also a six. So okay. I'm now seeing a ton of correlation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, could be. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Well, you could also just, be nosy, like want to know what I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It sounds like she's kind of enabling you, though, for doing it for you. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Or it Maybe. just doesn't bother you? Like it doesn't, even if she didn't come, it wouldn't, it still wouldn't bother you. When we got our stuff here, when it arrived in North Carolina, I accepted the shipment, signed the papers, closed the door, and walked out the house and went to Tennessee for three days. <laughs> You're I'm avoiding. Not You're avoiding. Oh my God! Yeah, it's like yeah. Nope, I'll deal with this later. So yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, hey, but again, self awareness. At least you know that that's yeah. how you roll, and that's <laughs> if, if it works for you, then you do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'd be curious to hear from some of our listeners, um, and maybe we'll put some things out on Instagram this week as this airs. But how how on that spectrum are you, or where on that spectrum are you of? You know, one of my favorite quotes from Gretchen Rubin is outer order, inner calm, meaning you have only as much inner settledness and inner peace as you do order to the things around you. And that could be like my life anthem. You know, I I really (laughs) live and die by that. But I would be curious to know just kind of on a spectrum of the people that hear this and the people that are kind of in our same life situation with frequent moving, kind of where they fall and what some of their tips or tricks or um, coping mechanisms, if you will, would be. Uh-huh. What I find fascinating, too, about the whole conversation is just, um, and, it, and this kind of goes back to everything we've talked about already, right? It goes back to dieting. It goes back to um, time management during your day. The fact that early birds and night owls are kind of at odds with each other. And you're right. always looking for, like, what's the more socially acceptable way to be? And I right. want to be that. Um, drinking, not drinking, right? We keep having right. these conversations about. So right now, the aspiration is to be tidy. Marie Kondo, mm-hmm. like all these books. There's a whole industry around it, which is amazing because people like me need help. Like, right. let's be real. That industry is set up for me. But what I find interesting is that um, we might be too quickly discounting the benefits of a little disorder right. um, and just ignoring it. Because apparently, 
really creative people are typically disordered. Right. Um, so you shared your quote. I want to share mine. Share your quote. <laughs> also, listen, let me let me be real with our listeners. I was like confirmation bias city yesterday the other day. I've been like digging and searching for things that like affirm the fact that it's okay to be a little messy. Um, so <laughs> anyway, read that how you will. Yeah. Um, but I found this quote by Albert Einstein uh, and it says, if a cluttered desk is the sign of a cluttered mind, of what then is an empty desk? Ooh, oh. burn. That's a sick burn, <laughs> Albert. I'm saying. So I'm going to take a picture of my desk and let y'all just imagine <laughs> what you want. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's funny, like even just digging through books and research and stuff, um, there are a million books on how to be organized and how to be tidy and how to the benefits of it. And I'm not saying there aren't any. I am absolutely, yes, I agree. There are for sure some benefits to be found, but I did find, I found two books. Um, I'll touch on them super briefly. I'll let you guys check them out in the comments later on because it is, we don't have the time for it today. But um, one is called The Perfect Mess. Um, and it's basically talking about the benefits um, of being a little messy and maybe not how, again, how people have maybe ignored the fact that there's some creative benefit to being messy. Also, the time-saving um, theories about, like you've even said, it's it saves time when you don't have to look for stuff, right? You know where everything is, right? I, I know where everything is, right? So like, does it would it save me time to have color-coded tabs on all my folders? Mm, how much time will I have to put into creating the system right. versus me just remembering where the thing is that I need to find? So there's a little bit of room there, I think, in um, backing up being non-judgmental about yourself and specifically with others. Um, and I find it interesting too, that a lot of people in this industry also have psychology interests or backgrounds because they mm -hmm. understand how touchy um, and shame riddled this topic is. Um, think about hoarders, like the whole team right. show, right? What do they do? They don't really spend that much time cleaning. Most of that is like therapeutic work. Like right. what's causing why? why are you collecting yeah. and keeping and coveting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and we talked a little bit about personality types, and they're probably types that are more prone. I don't think you can be as broad stroke across the board as that, but I definitely think there there are reasons underneath it um, that could be more important than the mess, the quote mess itself. Mm -hmm. um, I found a definition of messy in this book, and it says, uh, roughly speaking, a system is messy if its elements are scattered, mixed up, or varied due to some measure of randomness. Or if for all practice, practical purposes, it appears random from someone else's point of view. Oh, yeah. So, it's all about perspective and optics. The eye of the beholder. Exactly. So um, that's all I'm going to say. Let's yeah. all take a step. Well, <laughs> like, you know, I, I go back to this thought, too, though, that like the mess is just the end result. The mess is just the product of like we mentioned with hoarders, like they're getting to the heart of why they have even brought that much stuff into the house and like what, mm -hmm. what that motivation is. And that's a, again, a, a theme that you hear week in and week out on this podcast is what's the motivation. And I think yeah. for me, part of my own systems I put in place and I guess even rules that I have for myself, it, it does come back to consumption and it comes back to just being mindful of the things I'm even purchasing and the places right. I'm spending my money yeah. and the time I'm spending like shopping in air quotes. Yep. Um, yep. Because to me, if you aren't really sure of like why you're even accumulating so much, 
there's almost no point in trying to figure out a way to settle the space and and manage the mess because, um, yeah, so I don't know. And I think for me, it's definitely, I'll tell you, it's definitely my feelings on this have intensified the longer we've been in the military and the more we've moved. Um, I hate wasting time or money. And this last move coming here, we had to literally throw away or donate so many things that mm-hmm. by the time mm-hmm. you know you add up what you've spent on all that, it's like, good grief. Like, that's a lot of dough. So, yeah, there's just something there for me about on the front end, trying to be mindful of what you're even bringing in. And books is a good example for me. Like, I very rarely buy books or I would say that I very rarely buy books, but we have a house full of them and I didn't steal mm-hmm. them and no one gave them to me. So, so there's, a dis- <laughs> yeah, there's a disconnect there, but, but it is a priority of mine to try to utilize like the public library or right. um, eBooks, audiobooks that are free digitally. So like, yeah, it's just another way of like keeping yourself in checks and balances. I think when it comes to our homes and our spaces, And I would say too, like, I I try to check myself, like, don't fight whatever system you're more naturally inclined to embrace, right? Like, don't try to swim upstream. I mean, talking about when you wake up, right? I'm never going to wake up at 5 a.m. and be productive. Like, ugh, I'll just be sleep deprived. You're never going to stay up till 12, 1 o'clock at night. I was trying to, I was going to text you last night at 1030. Mm -hmm. I was like, nope gotta respect that time boundary because you're you're not gonna find what I was texting funny at 10 30. You'd find it way more funny in the morning when you wake I up. Because I was already asleep for an hour and a half. I went to bed at nine last night. So it wouldn't even so, yeah. yeah. So like don't try to climb uphill all the time. Find acknowledge what your kind of system is, what where your threshold is. Like be real with yourself. Like is this okay? Or yeah. am I being like am I avoiding something? Like okay, can I deal with this desk? Am I operating at my optimal capacity? It doesn't have to look like, you know, a a real simple magazine, right? right? Like it can look whatever it needs to look, but just be real with yourself about whether or not you are operating optimally in whatever system or environment you've created and are maintaining for yourself. Yeah. Um, and as that, an addendum yeah. to that, and I mean this is stepping on my toes, like if I am working and striving so hard for my space to look like a real simple magazine. What's going on there? Like, what am I trying to, to cover up? What am I trying to mask? And in this case, it's an ugly duplex, but, um, but again, and again, this goes back to probably my Enneagram type personality type. I so long for a comfortable, peaceful, sanctuary place of retreat like that's what I want for our home not just for me but for my kids and for Ryan and like anyone who sets foot here I want this to feel like a place of love and comfort and hospitality so in my mind that just doesn't happen overnight and without intention so but again that's great what's the motivation for that you know It's so interesting, which is a really cool thing because our actual advice expert that we are going to have on is um, well-versed in all of this. Tara Brimmer from House Peace will be joining us, and um, she mixes that love of tidiness, orderliness. It's her business, but she also brings that psychology background to it. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. That was so cool. Y'all go follow her on Instagram and you'll be floored. She's amazing. Yeah. 
And we will list, we're not going to spend the time to go through some of these lists we've um, dug up, but we have a Washington Post article on some of the science benefits about bringing serenity to your home. And then another one we'll link on just some benefits of having an organized home if you're interested. But we want, before we leave, we want to give a special shout out to the sweet person who left us our latest iTunes review. And we would love to call you by your first name, but there's a little problem with that. (laughs) Your name on your iTunes review is just, and I quote, that one kid with the thing. And I'm not real sure who that it. is, but we appreciate you. <laughs> you left us a five-star review, and I would just like Woo! to read what you left for us. She said, he or she says, <laughs> fun and helpful. This podcast is packed with candid and helpful information and encouragement on topics that matter to me. I always hear something that makes me say, yes, or me too. Sometimes out loud, I confess. I just love listening to these sweet friends chat about life, like being part of a regular coffee date with Kelly and Claire. And to that, I I clink my coffee mug to you, that one kid with the thing, and we say cheers and we say thank you. That was very sweet. And if you also would love to help get uh, our podcast out there and have people find it when they're searching iTunes or Apple Podcasts, consider leaving us a five-star review. And um, we also love social media shares. So if you are listening and uh, have the chance to screenshot or give us a shout out through Instagram, Facebook, Instagram stories, we would be happy to reshare that. So thank you. Yep. And that's at Millspo Gurus. Um, hey, and also kudos for spelling my name right. I just want to throw Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. with me Tara Brimmer of House Peace and I'm so excited to have this conversation with her after what I would call stalking her on Instagram and her House Peace account where she gives so many tips and behind the scenes details about simplifying your home which yields so many benefits to simplifying your life. Um, Tara tell us a little bit about your background in psychology and how you see that knowledge that you have and that training that you have playing into the work you do with your clients and helping to settle their spaces. Okay. Well, first of all, Claire, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Um, I don't know if I told you this already, but I'm a, I'm a military brat. I'm an air force brat. Oh no, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get the, um, the military moves to a, to a point. I'm sure it's really different from the uh, spouse perspective versus the child, but, um, I was a child who moved out a little bit. So um, that's a big part of my life. The Air Force is very near and dear to me. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so psychology, my background, my, my undergraduate degree is in psychology. My master's is in counseling. And I very much thought I would be doing like private practice. Um, and then I had kids and stopped working for a while. And then as I started finding that organizing was a stress relief for me. <laughs> I started doing it for other people. And that's when I realized when you're dealing with other people, you are hitting psychology, you're hitting their mind and their hearts and their souls. And um, I think as much as we humans would like things to be black and white, it never is even in organizing. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if I can learn about how someone thinks or their personality. I know y'all do a lot of Enneagram stuff and that's been really helpful to say, okay, you know, there is a certain type of person who is 
more lighthearted and, you know, is probably going to have more cute, fun knickknacks in their house. And how, how would that inform my organizing advice to them? So it's kind of a, a fun puzzle to me. Yes, absolutely. Well, we we talk a lot about motivations, and um, I mentioned briefly that you know I tend to be somebody who is very structured, and to me, I live by the motto from Gretchen Rubin of outer order, inner calm. Um, but I know not everybody yes. is that way, and so um, what would be like, what would be your advice to someone who is maybe moving a lot? Like, where would you say like big picture? What do they maybe need to address? motivationally, psychologically, before maybe tackling their home and organizing or trying to simplify their home? I think when you move around a lot, the biggest thing to me, the biggest help to someone is not moving the things that don't matter to them. So when you talk about motivation, I think you have to ask yourself, like, am I keeping this for the quote unquote, just in case? Am Mm -hmm. I scared to be moving to Germany or am I, you know, worried that my stint in Guam is going to take longer than I think, or, you know, whatever. Um, I think combating that with some logic is really helpful for me and say, you know, this isn't even my concept. There's, there's these, um, writers called the minimalists. Are you familiar with them? Yes. Yes. When you said just in case, I was like, I know that's who she's referring to. Go ahead and explain their philosophy though. Go ahead. So it's two two men who are, um, they're co-authors together and they, their deal is, uh, minimalism as not a destination, but as a journey. And they're, they have this one concept called, um, the 2020 rule, They're like, Mm -hmm. if you're keeping something just in case, oh, just in case I need this piece of elastic or just in case I need this weird attachment to my vacuum that I've never actually used. If you can replace it within about 20 minutes, like run into the store for less than $20, you can probably feel safe chunking it Mm -hmm. um, because you can replace it. And I, I mean, I think they're unofficial stat is something like 95% of the time you're not going to have to replace it because it's a right. case. You're really not. I mean, it, when, and, and see with house bees. So I do, um, a lot of tips and stuff online, but the, the heart and soul of house bees is we, we go into people's homes and organize here in Birmingham, Alabama. So something we see a lot is that random vacuum attachment or that weird, mm-hmm. like extra shelf for the freezer and people just have it. And they're like, I don't even know where this came from. I don't know why this is here. And it just, never occurred to them that they don't have to have it, but because it feels like, Oh, I need this just in case, just in case we move or whatever. And I would say like military spouses are the Queens and Kings of the just in case rule. And there's this running joke. So military spouses supposedly have these large bins of curtains from every house they've lived in (laughs) and you never get rid of them because just in case you might need a, you know, six panels for this one size of window. But but the joke is, is that you never end up reusing them because no house, no window, windows, no curtain, like you That's just right. never the same. That's right. Um, you may have three windows in one room. And then when you move, there's five windows and now you don't have enough still. Um, right. And I think that's kind of what I meant when I say, you know, let's combat that with logic. Um, but I think deeper down, is it possible that someone might just feel lonely and like this feels like a reminder of home and places that they've been and, you know, absolutely. Um, my parents were stationed in Minot, North Dakota, um, which mm-hmm. is where I was born. And oh, cool. I joke that anybody born in Minot has got to be a, a military brat. <laughs> I don't know why else you'd be there. Um, but they have such fond memories of uh, living in Minot. Like it was really special. I mean, it's almost to Canada, I think. It's so 
far north and so cold. And they talked about like having to plug their, like, uh, the engines of their car oh, wow. in at night so they wouldn't freeze. Um, I don't know how that worked in the 70s or whatever. Um, but the point is they loved it there and they loved it because of that community and those people. And right. even 25 years later, 30, 40, how old am I? 40 years later, um, they if they run into someone from Minot, it's like this really fun thing. So when they find something that reminds them of that time in their home, it feels good. And I totally get that. Um, But how can you kind of capture those memories and feelings in something that's maybe not as bulky as curtains? I think that's a good question to ask yourself, you know? It is. And curtains, that's just one example. And I think where this is personal to me is I do consider myself a minimalist, but I also think like, well, I've using the curtains again, I've spent all this money already. I hate to just get rid of them because there is a really good chance I could use some of them again, but multiply that times like 10 or 15 things. It's not just curtains, it's furniture pieces. And we're currently in a much smaller space than we've ever been. And I had to downsize so much. And so where to me, like, where is that line then of being a mindful consumer? Yeah. But also like, we can't, we can't wait until our forever home because we're in this home right now and we have to make this livable and this a place of peace and a place of sanctuary and, and rest for our family. And for me, that involves curtains and, you know, throw blankets and pillows and whatnot. But can you speak to that? Like, where do you help people find that fine line between consumerism and minimalism and yet living. (laughs) I know. I mean, right. We want to be practical. And I think that's like the ultimate goal for me. Um, It's one thing if things are beautiful in rainbow order. And it's another thing if like you can't find the things that you need when you need them. Um, It's hard because there's different. Okay. So there's different number of kids. There's, there may be special needs. Maybe the spouse works. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you're moving a parent with you or maybe someone's struggling financially. So all those have to kind of yes. filter through like a flow chart. Maybe we need like a flow chart of minimalism right. and military, um, because it, that's tough. But I think th- the best part about like living in 2020, not the best part, <laughs> a very good part about that is there's all these places to get awesome used furniture, used Absolutely. whatever. And like using Craigslist, using Facebook marketplace, um, mm-hmm. or I would guess just in the military community, you're finding people who are like, Hey, do you want this love seat? You know? Uh, yes, we have curb alert pages and it's like ants at a picnic, people trying to get out to your like Ikea chair that you've put out or your bookshelf. Yeah. Shop. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Move. Yeah, it is. It's great. And I think the more that kind of community can be fostered, then I think probably the, the easier it would be to say, you know what? I have loved this um, right. desk for the three years I've been here. And probably there's another really awesome something on the other end for me. So I'm going to bless somebody else with this. And, right. and really that makes a big difference, especially, I mean, you can't do this with your whole household goods, but if you knew someone who really would be blessed by it and you could get it to them somehow, that feels so much easier for people yes. to get rid of. I mean, would say you had an antique bed that you've been storing in your attic because you've been moving it around and you want to use it when you retire. Um, I mean, fine, you can, you totally can keep that. But if you knew someone lost their house to a fire Mm -hmm. and they were desperate for every single thing, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, I have a bed. And you wouldn't think twice about giving that to them. So I think that like that, like capitalizing on your own feelings of generosity can help you say, you know what? I know these people are 
struggling, even if you don't know someone personally. But like, I try to think about that even with the thrift store, like someone's going to be so excited when they find this Ziploc full of whatever's, you know, Legos or something. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't get rid of Legos just for the record, but um, (laughs) of course, (laughs) but say you did, you know, some people do and that's fine. Um, Someone's going to be pretty happy to find that and and that's going to improve their life. And that's good enough for me. Um, I agree. I tend to, there are certain things that I call trigger items that I have a very high emotional attachment to. And for me, if I can put a face with a person I know that could use it or might appreciate it, even if they throw it away later, just knowing that like, my intention is to give it to someone like homeschool items or children's books or toys that I no longer need. Um, it does ease the the sting of giving it away. So oh, that's it absolutely great. does for sure. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Tara, for our audience who typically is going to be moving every couple of years, what would be like if you, if you had to move, let's say you found out you're moving in five months, what would be like a great starter system to put in place Um it can be anything. It can be something really small. It can be something like big picture in the whole house, but like what's a good system that you could recommend to someone in the military who may be having to move soon and then is always identifying what they need, what they can keep, what they can toss. Um, What would be something you recommend? So I think one of the most helpful things, and I see this when we're uh, when house pieces on a job, it's helpful to have a third party. And that mm. third party, I say third, uh, just someone outside of yourself and your marriage mm-hmm. who can come in and you can say, no, really help me through, yeah. think through this, help me talk through this. So if that's a best friend who you can really trust, or maybe not even that close of a friend, but someone who'd be willing to give you a couple hours and just so you can run things through them because we just think so irrationally about our own stuff, mm-hmm. me included. Me yeah. absolutely included. So to have just a friendly, safe, kind little bird, <laughs> a little angel on your shoulder, yeah. if you will, that that's a huge thing. And in the military community, like I would guess there'd be someone who'd be thrilled to have their opinion oh, asked yeah. for, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, and we are such a tight knit community. There's, there's a lot of that that does happen naturally. So yeah, I think that's great advice. Having kind of a non-biased, non-emotional, non-emotionally attached person to come in and just be your voice of reason. That's great. Great. Absolutely. That's, that's a huge start for sure. It it really matters. Yeah. Well, I love that. I wanted to do a really quick lightning round. As I mentioned, I'm kind of a organizing junkie, a self-described organizing junkie. So I have a fun little lightning round I would love to do for you. Okay. No explanation needed. Just kind of answer and then we'll move oh, on gosh. to the next okay. one. And um, I just want to hear some of your answers to this. Okay. So first question, Marie Kondo and all of her sparking joy. Yes or no? Is that a yes or a no for you? Oh, Claire, don't make me. <laughs> I'm going to say not for everybody. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Next. Um, what would you say is your favorite online retailer to buy organizing supplies for? Bed Bath & Beyond. Nice. Um, your favorite, personal favorite space to declutter or simplify in your own home? Closet. Okay. Your most hated or dreaded chore around the house? Oh, gosh. My kids pretend that I like to do chores. They're like, you love to clean. I'm like, no, I don't. Um, (laughs) Probably just kitchen cleanup. Okay. Uh, Your favorite organizing tool that you recommend? A label maker. Dymo Uh, Letra Tag label maker. That's my favorite. Okay. One of my other questions, and I'll go ahead and just skip to it, is label maker or laminator? Oh, 
Both, but label maker first. Okay. And we'll link to all your recommendations in our show notes. That's part of why I wanted to do this. Okay. This one is a personal, I have a very personal um, feeling about this, but are you, as far as books are concerned, books on a bookshelf, are you pushed to the back or bring to the edge? A hundred percent bring to the edge. Me too. Okay. (laughs) Yay. I can can trust you now. (laughs) Good. Okay. Your favorite um, aspirational organizing guru that you follow. Oh gosh, I don't follow any because I don't want to like mix up my ideas with theirs. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Oh, you know who I like? There's a book though that I like. Uh, Remodelista did a, an organizing book. That's really, really beautiful. Okay. Okay. We can link to that. Um, two more questions. I give you $5 at the Dollar Tree. What are you buying as organizational tools? Oh gosh. I, um, possibly, oh gosh, I don't know. Cause I don't go to the Dollar Tree. Okay. Well, dollar spot at Target or, you know, you've got oh. like five bucks to spend. What would you, what would you get? Maybe matching jars or bins for small craft items. Okay. That's great. And then lastly, not related to organizing the last thing you watched on Netflix. Um, you, Okay, I've seen that in my queue. I haven't started it yet. I've heard a lot of good things. (laughs) It's so good. It's tough for some people. So it's uh, proceed with caution, but I was obsessed. Okay, well, I'll have to check that out. I'm a big Netflix fan. (laughs) Okay, well, I would like for you to leave our listeners with one last piece of advice for the person who feels intimidated to get started on simplifying their space and settling their space. I would say that you are the boss of your stuff. And your stuff is not the boss of you. You get to decide. Don't let that stuff order you around. You get to order it around. Nice. I like that. That's great advice. Well, Tara, thank you so much for um, sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Would you let our listeners know where they can find you online? Yes. So my website is housepiece.net. But that's like all the nitty gritty about how to um, hire us. But the fun stuff is all on Instagram. It's at house.peace. And that has like tips and tricks before and afters, what's going on in my actual house, things like that. I'm on Facebook a little bit at Birmingham House Peace, but not quite as much as Instagram. Okay. And I do want to just echo, I love Tara's Instagram stories. She's great, fun to follow. But would you also just mention, you said where to hire us on um, your website. You mentioned you're from Birmingham, but you actually have an online service that you provide, like say to a military spouse who might need like professional help. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So we do online consults and those are really fun. They take maybe 30 to 45 minutes and we do one or two spaces and it's all on FaceTime or Skype. And we help you. um, We look through your space with you and talk about each thing and give you a plan and follow up with a to-do list uh, in an email that's got like ideas and products and things like that. Awesome. Awesome. I hope we'll have some folks that'll check that out, um, as a wonderful resource as they are moving around yeah. and looking to settle their spaces. Well, thank you again, Tara. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Claire. Thanks for joining us this week on advice, not given for resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. 
Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.